Have you ever been at a party, minding your own business, having a dance, having a good time, when all of a sudden, a girl, or a boy, I'm using a girl as an example here because this podcast is called John Roebuck's Film School, so it's got to reflect my own personal experiences. Anyway, a girl starts staring at you across the room, and it looks like she's interested. It looks like lust. You shuffle your way across the dance floor, jostling fellow party-goers out of the way, copping a couple of beer spills down your new shirt. You finally reach this girl, absolutely confident that the rest of your night is in the bag. And then, to your absolute horror, you realise that she wasn't staring at you. She was staring at the table of snacks behind you. It wasn't lust. It was hunger. And she was after Doritos. You feel like an idiot. But you shouldn't. Because what you've just experienced is a lot like an old film principle known as the Kuleshov effect. Film has always been an industry that's attracted a lot of attention. Even in the very beginning of film, before movie stars, before premieres, before auteurs, before box offices. Film was something that always had an enormous degree of watchability. It demands scrutiny. By its very nature, film is something that requires attention. Almost every single element of cinema is designed to be noticed. From performance, direction, costume design, cinematography, writing. But there's one element of filmmaking, and it's arguably the one element that makes cinema cinema, that is at its best when it goes unnoticed. It's often referred to as the invisible art. It's editing. There are forms of editing that are designed to be noticed, such as the jump cut, so famously used in Jean-Luc Godard's Breathless. But on the whole, most editing is designed to help the audience forget that they're watching a film. Even a simple dialogue scene may be shot from any number of angles, but editing is so seamless that even the initiated often don't notice the cuts. There's a scene in The Lord of the Rings Return of the King in which Frodo, played by Elijah Wood, sends Sam, played by Sean Astin, home after an argument. The shots of Sam were shot in November 1999. Fate intervened, and the filmmakers had to cut the day of filming short. The trouble was that the schedule didn't permit them to return to filming that scene until over a year later. All of the shots of Frodo in that scene were filmed in December 2000. When you watch that scene in Return of the King, you're watching two people talk to one another one year apart. But you never notice it. That's just one of the ways editing can invisibly weave the tenuous elements of film together. The concept of editing as it manifests itself within the medium of film was entirely new at the beginning of the 20th century. The concept of film was entirely new at the beginning of the 20th century. There's that famous urban legend about the reaction to the 52nd 1895 French silent movie, the arrival of a train at La Ciotat Station, that describes an audience 
so overwhelmed by the footage of a life-sized train moving directly towards them that everyone in the theatre screamed and ran away from the screen. Whether or not this reaction was true, the story highlights the idea that film was something that nobody had ever really experienced before. And this screening of the arrival of a train at the Seattle station happened before editing really even began to be used as any sort of real cinematic tool. The use of editing to establish continuity, or in other words, to establish the idea of action moving from one sequence to another, is often attributed to the British filmmaker Robert W. Paul, and more specifically Paul's 1898 film Come Along Do, which was one of the first ever films to use more than one shot. But if we're talking about the birth of editing as an art form, or if you consider it already an art form before this point, which I don't, then perhaps the birth of the understanding of that art form, the real place to start is the Soviet Union in the years between the Russian Revolution and the rise of Joseph Stalin. It's an era of Russian history that yielded some of the greatest filmmaking minds of all time. It's the era of film history that saw the birth of the Soviet montage theory, which laid the groundwork for editing as we know it today. It's perhaps a subject for another podcast, but to give you a brief overview, Soviet montage explored the idea that understanding cinema and creating cinema should rely heavily upon editing. The word montage is French for assembly or editing. The real heavyweights in the development of the Soviet montage theory included people like, and you'll have to excuse my poor pronunciation here, Digger Vertov, Isfia Shub, Selvalod Pudovkin, Lev Kuleshov, and undoubtedly the most famous of them all, Sergei Eisenstein. It's been 100 years since these guys were banding around the idea that editing was essentially the key to cinema. And you could very easily argue that it's a view that's just as sound now as it was then. Out of those guys that I mentioned before, one of that group of big names that you can't help but refer to when engaging with cinema around this time was a fellow called Lev Kuleshov, who was the developer of something called the Kuleshov Effect. Lev Kuleshov was born in 1899, four years after audiences ran away from the screen during the arrival of a train at La Ciotat Station, and one year after Come Along Do became one of the first uses of editing in film. His father, Vladimir Sergeyevich Kuleshov, had been born into nobility and subsequently alienated himself from his family by choosing to study art and marrying a poor village schoolteacher, Pelagia Alexandrovna Shubina, Lev Kuleshov's mother. Lev Kuleshov, following in his father's footsteps, enrolled at the Moscow School of Painting, although he never finished his schooling there, dropping out and applying in 1916 to work at the film company led by Russia's first film entrepreneur, Alexander Kanzenkov. Kuleshov started out at the production company producing backgrounds and scenery for pictures, slowly developing a keen interest in film itself. In 1917, Kuleshov 
co-directed with Andrei Gromov his first feature, Twilight, which has nothing to do with vampirism or Mormonism. But it wasn't directing for which Kuleshov would come to be known. There are a lot of people out there that think Lev Kuleshov is the first film theorist ever. In fact, Kuleshov's work is widely considered the basis from which all montage theory comes from. And montage theory is kind of a big deal when it comes to cinema. For Kuleshov, the very essence of cinema was editing. And most of those big names that I mentioned before, including Sergei Eisenstein, who is the titan name of this era, were students of Kuleshov, and used his work to develop their own ideas regarding montage. Kuleshov was the head of a group called the Kuleshov Group. And their most famous piece of work, and one of, if not the reason that Kuleshov is still remembered today, is an experiment called the Kuleshov Effect. The Kuleshov Effect is a mental experience that occurs when viewers obtain more meaning from a connection between two sequential shots than one single shot. Kuleshov edited together a short film to demonstrate what the Kuleshov Effect was all about. He intercut the expressionless face of a Tsarist matinee idol, Ivan Mozhukini, again, I have to apologise for my pronunciation, with various other shots, including a plate of soup, a girl in a coffin, a child with a toy bear. After each new subject, Kuleshov would cut back to that same shot of Mozhukini. Now even though the shot of Mozhukini was the same every time, and was notable in Mozhukini's lack of expression. Audiences reported different emotions each time it cut back to his face. Here's a quote from the book Kuleshov on Film, which was selected, edited and translated from Kuleshov's own work by Ronald Lavarko. Quote, Having found a long take in close-up of Mozhukini's expressionly neutral face, Kuleshov intercut with various shots, the exact content of which he himself forgot in later years. Shots, according to Podovkin, of a bowl of steaming soup, a woman in a coffin, and a child at play with a toy bear, and projected these to an audience which marvelled at the sensitivity of the actor's range. End quote. The idea behind the Kuleshov effect is that the viewer doesn't realise the reaction is in his own mind but instead assumes that the actor is showing it. It's similar to you thinking that the girl was after a good time with you, rather than a good time with the Doritos. Except the connection here is made through the natural mental correlation that occurs with some forms of editing. So why is this discovery so important? Well, from his experiment, Kuleshov concluded that editing overrode all other aspects of filmmaking, making them irrelevant. It might be a bit overzealous, but there's no denying the importance of Kuleshov's ideas. They literally changed cinema forever. A man in film looks up with wide eyes at something off screen. Whether he's looking at an explosion, or a donut, or a naked woman, or the pyramids of Giza, or anything completely changes how we interpret his wide-eyed expression. The effect, in its most basic form, rarely pops up in films today. We're too film-savvy to make the same mistake that audiences made back in Kuleshov's day, 
in thinking that the expression on Mozzucchini's face was changing, but the effect undeniably led on to a clearer understanding regarding just how closely the concept of perception was linked to the medium of cinema. Alfred Hitchcock, a man who famously once said that all art is emotion, reignited interest in the Kuleshov effect during a 1964 CBC documentary called A Talk with Hitchcock. He recreated the effect using an image of himself squinting at something off camera. That shot is then cut with footage of a woman with a baby and then back to Hitchcock, who is now smiling. In effect, he's a kind old man. In the second example, the woman with her baby is replaced with a woman in a bikini and Hitchcock's smile takes on a whole new meaning. It could be argued that to a certain extent, Hitchcock's rear window is a feature-length elaboration of the Kuleshov effect. At the very least, it plays with some of the ideas that Kuleshov presented in his experiment. Rear Window is a film about looking. James Stewart's character is a voyeur by profession and a voyeur for most of the film. The concept of the film is built around Stewart's emotional reactions to the various things he's spying on around his apartment complex. It might be a tenuous connection, but it's not a stretch to imagine that Hitchcock, who had a masterful appreciation of editing and film theory, didn't at least have Kuleshov's work at the back of his mind when developing that film. The idea behind the Kuleshov effect was to demonstrate the usefulness and the significance of film editing. The implication of the experiment is that the audience brings their own emotional reactions to a series of images. Direct translations of the Kuleshov effect are difficult to find in contemporary cinema, which has led a lot of people to dismiss the experiment as antiquated and irrelevant. We're not going to see Sheila Booth's passive face intercut with a Decepticon and then a Crystal Skull and then a naked Charlotte Gainsbourg. In that sense, the Kuleshov effect doesn't translate to a modern film understanding of associational cues or visual communication. Nowadays, Kuleshov is more noteworthy for pioneering ideas on the importance of editing, ideas that were then furthered by men like Podovkin and men like Eisenstein. But the Kuleshov effect understood the fundamental concept that emotion can be manipulated by the invisible art and not just by the more conspicuous elements of film, like performance or music. It's the power to create meaning by juxtaposing unrelated images. As Eisenstein later wrote, quote, We are accustomed to make almost automatically a definite and obvious deductive generalisation when any separate objects are placed before us side by side. End quote. The Kuleshov effect also understood the possibilities of editing, being able to manipulate space and time. Think about that scene in Return of the King, in which Sam and Frodo have a conversation over one year apart, and yet we'd have no idea unless we'd been told. I've watched that scene dozens of times since I learned that little piece of trivia, and it still often flies under my radar. Kuleshov's work would lead on to even more important experiments in the field of editing, which would lay foundations for the invisible art of editing that remain largely untouched today. Next time you see a film, try to notice just how little you've noticed it. 
and next time you see a girl giving you the eye, try to remember, she might just be hungry. John Roebuck's Film School, or My Film School, is brought to you by Real Good. Stock media for this podcast is provided by pond5.com. For more film school and much more, head to realgood.com.au.